Welcome back to Sports Crutch with the Cromleys and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromolo, and while the official beginning of NFL free agency is March 14th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, free agency really begins on March 12th when teams can contact the representatives of impending free agents to negotiate potential deals. In other words, we are exactly two weeks away from NFL free agency. And above all, this promises to be one of the most dramatic free agent periods we've ever seen, given the rather unprecedented game of quarterback musical chairs that's about to commence. A team squarely in the center of that game, and we learn more about it today, is the Minnesota Vikings. With one of the deepest and most talented rosters in the National Football League, the Vikings are widely viewed as a legitimate franchise quarterback away from winning their first-ever Lombardi Trophy. But what exactly are their options at quarterback, and why is this looming decision more complicated for the Vikings brass than many may initially think? Joining us to discuss the Vikings quarterback situation plus their plans elsewhere in free agency and the draft is Jordan Reed. Jordan is a big Vikings fan, a world-class NFL draft analyst, and is a co-host of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here, Jordan. How's it going? Thank you guys for having me on, and I'm excited. we got a great schedule you know, for things to discuss, so I'm excited to dive into it. Oh, we most sure do, and uh, the schedule got even for today, given the report uh, coming from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport that the Minnesota Vikings, albeit as expected, uh, important note, as expected, are not likely to use the franchise tag on Case Keenum, thus leaving their window open in free agency as far as the quarterback market is concerned. And the way I see it, given that report today, there are three basic outcomes for the Vikings at quarterback in 2018. Option A. Sign Kirk Cousins. Option B, re-sign Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater to team-friendly deals. Or C, re-sign Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year prove-it deal and target an established veteran free agent like Josh McCown as insurance. Which of those outcomes would you prefer the most? And which of those outcomes is the likeliest to occur in your view? Well, it's kind of hard to say right now because Rick Spielman is a guy or a general manager that's known to explore all of his options before determining exactly what he wants to do. Uh, And the thing about the Vikings is that their news rarely leaks out of Winter Park exactly what what they're going to do. They do a really good job of keeping their chips or their secrets to their chest. They're not a team that lets a lot of leaks out of what they want to do or exactly what they want to do. What I think their plan A is, I think their plan A is Kirk Cousins. And why do I say that? They will be really naive not to call to see exactly what he's requesting. And what Rick Spielman really does a good job of is that he has a set price range for every free agent or big free agent that he chases. We saw it a couple of years ago where a hot name was Kalechi Assembly, who was a guard for the Raiders. He chased him, but the ballpark figure got out of his price range and he kind of fell off. Now, that's a bit different from a type of quarterback like Kirk Cousins or who's considered that missing piece. And that's what kind of throws a wrench in this entire argument. You really don't know what his set ballpark range will be. And because it's such a vital piece, like a quarterback, what many are considering what the Vikings are missing, it's really unclear exactly how far Rick Spielman is willing to go. Yes, he doesn't have as much money as teams like the Jets and the Broncos, but what he does have, or an advantage he has over those teams is that he already has a ready-made roster that's already set for a quarterback like Kirk Cousins to be inserted into the lineup and have success. So I think plan A is Kirk Cousins. If that ballpark figure 
gets into that, let's say, 28 or $29 million a year range, I think he'll probably fall off of that and come back, back to his plan B, which will probably be Teddy Bridgewater and an established veteran. But I think ultimately right now, I think it's between Kirk Cousins and Teddy Bridgewater to be the starting quarterback for the Vikings entering 2018. You mentioned Teddy Bridgewater as the plan B to Cousins' plan A. And speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, it remains uncertain whether he'll even be a free agent at all. As Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk noted over the weekend, since the CBA clearly states that if a player in the final year of his contract is physically unable to perform as of the sixth game of the season, the player's contract will remain in place, or in other words, toll, for the following season. And since Bridgewater started the 2017 season on the physically unable to perform list, it is a possibility his contract tolls, forcing him to play 2018 under a $1.3 million salary. In other words, this is another very murky situation. How do you see this all playing out? Will they let Teddy Bridgewater hit the market or be content to keep him for absolute peanuts? It's another tough situation because Teddy, prior to his injury, he was viewed as being that franchise savior or that prototypical franchise type quarterback. He was showing a great trajectory on his development. And the last game we saw of him was a preseason game against the Chargers in 2016. And he looked really good. And then right after that, he ended up having that catastrophic knee injury. So that's really the last we've seen of him. I really don't count those couple of passes that he threw against the Bengals in the fourth quarter because he was just thrown in there in mop-up duty. And using that small sample size, I think that would be unfair to him because he hasn't played in the game in basically two years. But what makes this situation so tricky about Teddy Bridgewater is that on one side, you put so much work into getting him back on the field. Your training staff, your you know your strength and conditioning staff, your coaching staff has worked so hard to get him back on the field. It would be really bad if he goes elsewhere and proves to be that guy that he was prior to his injury. And that on the flip side of that, that's what's making me think that he potentially can be plan A because I think it would haunt them unless Kirk Cousins or whoever their other option is going into 2018 is, has success. If Teddy Bridgewater goes elsewhere, proves to be that guy he was prior to his injury, I think that would be really bad on Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. Yes, very true. And this is why, and even in the minds of some people, Kirk Cousins would be a no-brainer for the Vikings here. Uh, The decision isn't that simple as possible, as you just alluded to, with the potential scenario with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But another big factor that further complicates this looming decision at quarterback for the Vikings is that five key players are entering the final year of their rookie contracts. Anthony Barr, Stephon Diggs, Daniil Hunter, Eric Hendricks, and Trey Waynes in the event they don't pick up his fifth-year option. Of those five, who do you see getting extensions sometime this year? And if the Vikings sign Kirk Cousins to, say, a 25 or $30 million per year deal, who among that five is likely headed out the door? Um, well, I think they'll get Barr done in training camp. Spielman has done a really good job of extending his star players in training camp. We saw it with Linval Joseph, Everson Griffith last year, Those guys, and Xavier Rhodes. All those guys signed extensions in training camp. So he's he does a really good job of getting ahead early on those deals and the way that a Kirk Cousins extension can work out and you're able to actually keep all of those guys is that what you'll have to do is you'll have to heavily front load Kirk Cousins contract. So let's say he signs a four or five year deal. You'll give him a bunch of guarantees in that two to three year window um, with maybe an opt out clause after that. That way it gives you flexibility on the back end to pay those guys like 
a Daniel Hunter or Eric Kendricks or even a Stephon Diggs. Um, it's really complicated, but the Vikings have a really good cap management guy in Rob Brzezinski. He's known to do a fantastic job with managing the cap. And a lot of fans really have faith in him because he's very proven. And the Vikings are always one of the best cap-oriented teams. So I think he would be fine as far as structuring a deal for Kirk Cousins because he's always able to maintain that flexibility. Now, this is a bit tricky because he's never had to re-sign or fit this many guys in combined with signing a quarterback of Cousins caliber who will command as much finance as much financially as he will. So it's definitely a tricky situation, but I'm excited to see how it all plays out. It's definitely going to be exciting to see how this entire quarterback carousel unfolds in the weeks ahead. But another key decision facing the Vikings concerning a non-quarterback is whether or not to exercise the option on running back Latavius Murray's contract. The deadline for that decision is March 16th, as you alluded to on Twitter. If they pick it up, Murray will count $6.35 million against the cap and be the fifth highest paid running back in the NFL. And I personally think the decision boils down to this question. Are the Vikings 100% confident that Dalvin Cook will be full speed by September? And if the answer is no, do you keep Murray as insurance even at that salary, or do you cut Murray regardless and go after a cheaper option? I think they would be wise to cut Murray. Um, and if they – well, let me back up. I think they have to assess exactly what Jarek McKinnon wants first. He's already cl- came out and said in the public that he wants a bigger role. So – He's not going to be offered that in Minnesota, let's just be honest, because we all know the lead guy is Dalvin Cook. It's his backfield, and it's his job to lose. He's already proven himself in a small sample size that we did see. He's already proved to be a big-time player when he was healthy. So we all know Dalvin Cook is going to be the lead dog in that backfield, and that's something that Jarek McKinnon just doesn't seem happy with. So I think he's going to end up going elsewhere. He'll have a bunch of suitors because he is a good player. Uh, I don't know if he will ever be a lead back in the backfield, but he would be a guy that can have a lot of success in a running back by committee, which brings me to my other point. I think they would be wise to let Latavius Murray go, and the money that Latavius Murray is making, I think they should give that money to Jarek McKinnon because he's just a better fit in John DeFilippo's offense and what he incorporates. So let's say they give Jarek McKinnon $4 million dollars and they allocate that other money that Latavius Murray was making. I think he's making $5.2 million next season if they do exercise his option, and maybe they can sign a bruising back like a LeGarrette Blunt, or they can draft a guy like a Royce Freeman or a Kalen Balazs. So I don't necessarily believe in paying Latavius Murray that much because being the fifth highest paid running back is just way too much. And we all seen that a running back by committee is really what the NFL is turning to now. So if you incorporate a backfield of Dalvin Cook, uh, Jarek McKinnon, and LeGarrette Blunt going into 2018, I think that would be very ideal. There's definitely nothing wrong with that. And he is Jordan Reed, ladies and gentlemen. He hosts the Climbing the Pocket podcast. You can find out more about that podcast at climbingthepocket.com. And you could also follow Jordan on Twitter at jreeddraftscout. And Jordan, speaking of the draft, Aside from quarterback, what are the main positions of need for the Vikings to attack in free agency in the draft? They're not many, in my view. Well, yeah, they definitely have a loaded roster, but I think they do 
have some issues on the interior offensive and defensive line, and that really was exposed in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles, uh, where they just suffered that heartbreaking 38-7 loss. Their depth was really exposed by the Eagles on both sides of the ball, so they need to find a way to figure out how they can figure out that depth on the interior. They really need a three-technique opposite of Linval Joseph. I think that has to be a point of emphasis Tom Johnson is a free agent. We all know Sharif Floyd's situation. Sadly, he doesn't look like his NFL career will continue. So that really leaves you with an unproven player in fourth-round pick last year, Jaleel Johnson. I'm not sure if they're ready to start him full-time yet, but they need to explore some other options, whether that's signing a guy in free agency like a Sheldon Richardson or someone like a boy Allen uh, from the Eagles who just won a Super Bowl ring with them, or they can go the draft route, and you you have guys like Amaris Hurst or Deron Payne or even Tavon Bryant, some guy that can come in and play that three technique right away and have some success. So those are some guys I would really look to target on the offensive side of the ball. They need to get somebody at the guard of the tackle spot and a guy that's very rumored to highly interest the Vikings right now is a guy like a Billy Price from Ohio State who played, I believe it was 46 career games with Pat Elfline together at Ohio State. So they already have that natural chemistry. Um, another guy who's very popular on Vikings Twitter is Isaiah Wynn uh, from Georgia. He would be another good pickup in the draft as well. So there's a lot of options in the draft, and I'm not sure which route they will go, whether it's the draft or free agency. Uh, it's not a really very strong interior offensive line class uh, as far as free agency goes, but I think they will go the draft route for interior offensive line. And this is one of the best interior offensive line classes we've ever seen. And you mentioned Billy Price and the Ohio State connection that he has to uh, Vikings current center Pat Elfline. And uh, just a curious question. Uh, Rick Spielman has a lot of connections to Ohio State, doesn't he? What exactly are those connections? Yeah, so he seems to be in love with Ohio State offensive linemen for whatever reason. Uh, we drafted Pat Elfline last year in the third round. He even signed a guy like Alex Boone, who was another a Buckeye from a couple years back. So um, there's actually an Ohio State offensive lineman in this free agency class and Jack Muhort, who potentially will interest him. Uh, he's had some knee struggles back with the Colts. He's missed 17 games the past two years, but when he is on the field, he provides fantastic value, and he's a guy that's a plug-and-play starter for the Vikings, especially considering with Joe Berger expected to retire this year, Jack Muhort could come in right away and be that starter at right guard. Yes, and another connection to Ohio State I thought of for Rick Spielman is that he is the brother of longtime Lions and Bills linebacker Chris Spielman, who is a graduate of Ohio State. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> brotherly love. Absolutely. And, uh, totally. And this is the draft for the Vikings to upgrade their interior offensive line for whoever their quarterback is. And speaking of quarterbacks, you mentioned John Filippo. And regardless of who starts for the Vikings at quarterback in 2018, Vikings fans have a lot to be optimistic about given the hiring of John DiFilippo as the new offensive coordinator. DiFilippo, who spent the past two years as Eagles quarterbacks coach, obviously played an invaluable role in helping Carson Wentz become a star and helping Nick Foles unexpectedly become a Super Bowl MVP. What makes him such a special coach and what are the central characteristics of his scheme? Well, just backing up, I was a huge fan of Flip when he was back with the Oakland Raiders, when he did some fantastic work with Derek Carr. He's known as a, a quarterback whisperer. He's had fantastic work with Derek Carr. 
um, among a host of others, others, and we've seen it with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles this past season, just how he's developed both of those guys. And the one thing we really haven't had in Minnesota is a quarterback guy who's known and has a background with quarterbacks and able to groom them simply because we just haven't had that homegrown quarterback really since Dante Culpepper, not counting Teddy Bridgewater. He was ascending before his horrible knee injury, but just going back over the years, we really haven't had a successful homegrown quarterback since Dante Culpepper. And I think that's something that they're trying to incorporate now, um, whether that's bringing Teddy back or bringing a guy like Kirk Cousins into the picture as well. They're really trying to line up or push all their chips in on this one season. And that's really what it seems like. Everybody knows Dave Filippo is probably going to be a head coach. If not after this year, then definitely in 2020. So it's a lot to be excited about. I think he's a very bright offensive mind. He got his one shot in Cleveland and he got the best out of Josh McCown and Johnny Menzel when he was there. Their offense was probably middle of the road, but it really got better as the year went on. The passing game was very good. Run game struggled a bit. And I think that's why they're surrounding him with so many offensive minds like a Kevin Stefanski and a Todd Downing. So I think it's going to be a really good marriage. It's going to be a very good marriage, whether that quarterback is Kirk Cousins or Teddy Bridgewater. And Jordan, we thank you so much once again for joining us on the program. But we have one final question before we let you go here. Uh, If you had to narrow down the list to three to five players for the Vikings to take with the 30th overall pick of the draft, who would they be and why? Well, so realistically, my top three right now would be between my first one would be Maurice Hurst, which is the defensive tackle from Michigan. I think he's a phenomenal player. Reminds me a lot of Sharif Floyd. And that's not just saying because Sharif Floyd was a former Viking. Their playing styles are very similar. Uh, Measurables are a little bit underwhelming. Hurst is probably 6'2", about 285 pounds, so he doesn't possess that ideal length that you want as a three-technique defensive tackle, but what he has is a phenomenal motor, uh, elite first step. He just is a natural penetrator, and he always, just always motor is running flaming hot, and that's what you love to see out of young defensive tackle prospects. My next one would be Isaiah Wynn. Uh, I just love him. I think he's a plug-and-play option at either guard spots, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him play center at some time in the near future either if he gets drafted by a team that already has viable options at either guard spot. Played tackle uh, for Georgia, but he's only about 6'2", 305 pounds, so he's obviously not going to be a tackle in the NFL because his body just won't hold up and he just doesn't have that length out on the perimeter. He's plenty athletic, but he's a guy that works really well in tight spaces, and that's why I think he'll be better at guard. Uh, my next guy will probably be Deron Payne. I love Deron Payne, and I also love Billy Price. It probably would be a tie between those two guys for the third spot, but I think either one will be plug-and-play options as starters, especially as rookies. And just a brief follow-up here. Let's just say the Vikings, Kirk Cousins gets too expensive for the Vikings' blood, and the Vikings decide to uh, re-sign Teddy Bridgewater and sign a veteran like Josh McCown. Should that scenario arise, would you see the Vikings training up for somebody like a Lamar Jackson? Uh, I don't think they would. I think they're known for the draft board falling to them unless something crazy happens like a Baker Mayfield or somebody like that falling, which I really don't see. Falling all the way to 30, I think they're going to stand pat. They just don't have the draft capital this year like they normally do. They just got two extra sixth-round compensatory picks 
to give them seven picks total, but they just don't have the capital this year in order to trade up for that quarterback. And I just don't think they're willing to expend the capital in order to trade up for a quarterback because a rookie quarterback really isn't going to take them over the top this year, and I think they know that. He's Jordan Reed, ladies and gentlemen, co-host of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. You can find out more about that podcast at climbingthepocket.com. He also is an amazing NFL draft analyst. If you want to talk NFL draft with anybody on Twitter, you have to follow Jordan at Scout. He puts out amazing content every single day. He is one of the best follows on Twitter for this time of year. Thank you so much for donating your time and your talents to the program, Jordan. And we hope this isn't the only time we have you on. We hope to have you back really soon. Thank you guys for having me. Look forward to the next time I'm on. We do as well, Jordan. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But we'll be back later in the week with updates from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, so stay tuned. Be sure to check out the episode archive, including all the interviews I conducted down at the Senior Bowl, as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Jordan, especially since there is never an off-season for talking football. For Jordan Reed, our producer Chris Broadhead, I'm David Cromlow saying so long, and of course, stay awesome.